Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today, we're going to talk about my movie highlights from November 2021. I am happy <laughs> to be back. It's It's been a while. It was my intentions to do episodes in November, but I didn't, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Things happen, you know, you get busy. I know that just sounds like excuses, but, you know, it's the truth. But I'm here now, so let's spend some time together, shall we? Now, for the record, I watched 50 movies in November of 2021. And let's touch upon some of those movies, shall we? Now, you know, I noticed in November there was a lot of big releases on Netflix and Disney Plus, and I did watch all of those movies, and <laughs> I liked them. I liked every single one of them, and, and the movies I'm referring to are Black Widow, Dune, Red Notice, Jungle Cruise, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, and The Harder They Fall. Um, what makes these movies the big movies? <laughs> I don't need to explain this to you. You know, right? I mean, with Black Widow and Shang-Chi, those are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So of course, those are uh, a big movies. Dune is something that people have been waiting for for a while. Um... You know, Jungle Cruise is one of those movies that was supposed to be released a while ago in theaters, but due to the pandemic, it got pushed back, so it finally came out. Um, the Harder They Fall, a stylistic Western that, um, I guess the buzz that accompanied that probably just surrounds its really cool-looking trailer. And, you know, Red Notice just has a uh, an all-star cast. So... Uh, yeah, I like these movies. <laughs> They're mainstream movies. Um, I feel like with movie fans, you have your your mainstream movie fans who will never watch anything weird or obscure. And the exact, exact opposite. You'll have your obscure, culty movie fans who enjoy cult films and weird movies, especially horror films and stuff like that. And they won't touch anything with a 10-foot pole. Um that to them screams normie or mainstream. And then you have your haunted pal who likes all oh, the movies. <laughs> I don't care. I don't like being shackled to any sort of, uh, you know, <laughs> I'll watch whatever, whatever looks good. I'll watch it. I don't, I don't, I don't care if it's, if it's a movie that costs a hundred million dollars to make, or if it costs, ten dollars to make if it appeals to me i'm gonna give it a chance and i'm gonna be honest if i enjoy it i'm gonna enjoy you know i'm gonna sing its praises and if i don't like it i'm not gonna pretend to like it and i like these movies so sue me <laughs> i'll even talk about a couple of them um red notice is officially the most streamed movie of all all time on Netflix and being that Netflix is the uh, I guess the biggest streaming platform does that mean that Red Notice is also the most streamed movie of all time period 
It could be. It could be. Um, I'll tell you very briefly, not 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 necessarily the plot, but just like the you know the the the, the basic idea. You know, uh, The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, plays an FBI agent that teams up with an art thief played by Ryan Reynolds in order to catch another thief played by Gal Gadot. Now, that's all I'm going to say, because I feel like if you're attracted to this movie based on its trailer, like if you're drawn to it, you're going to check it out no matter what. Uh, if there's any part of you that trusts me, I think there might be. You listen to this podcast, don't you? <laughs> you might you might give it a chance. So I don't need to give you, you know, all the little details. I mean, you can watch the trailer and get the basic idea, at least of the tone of the film and the, the vibe it's going for. Um, it's a fun movie. That's why I like it. I mean, every movie has, you know, offers something different. Some movies are serious and some movies are sad and some movies are, you know, uh, exciting. There's, you know, this movie is just, it's fun. It's an, it's an, it's an action movie with comedy. Um, Ryan Reynolds is the uh he's the actor who gets most of the jokes in the movie and the rock kind of i mean he's funny too but he's a he kind of plays straight man to ryan reynolds you know he, he he's gonna react to uh ryan reynolds's uh tomfoolery you know i don't think i haven't noticed that the three leads in this movie were all played by superheroes you have wonder woman gal Gadot, you have deadpool ryan reynolds and you have The Rock, who I heard is going to be playing Black Adam. That's a DC film. I don't know this comic. I don't read comics. Uh, so I don't know anything about that. But, you know, I'll probably see it when it comes out. Give it a chance. I do like The Rock. It's hard for me to call him Dwayne Johnson because I'm a wrestling fan. So I, I knew him first as The Rock. <laughs> so he's The Rock forever to me. Um, <laughs> I like this movie a lot. It has a, um, has a combination Indiana Jones slash James Bond feel. And when it was done, I actually caught myself thinking, I wouldn't mind seeing a sequel. Uh, I think it's inter interesting that the most streamed movie of all time is directed by the guy who made Dodgeball. <laughs> and that's not meant to be an insult. It's not meant to be like a, a knock on. I think Dodgeball is funny. For the record, his name is Raw. The director. His name is Rawson Marshall Thurber. <laughs> okay, let's move on, shall we? Of the movies that I mentioned that were like the big releases from Netflix and Disney Plus, I do want to touch upon a Netflix release of a film called The Harder They Fall. The Harder They Fall is a western, and I don't typically like Westerns. I don't, I don't want to go on record as to say that I dislike them across the board because that's not true. I do like Westerns um, sometimes. <laughs> there are certain movies that I feel are, are, pretty, are pretty cool. And, um, and uh, gosh, I think, I mean, I'm not going to try and do so on the spot here, but I, if I were to compose a list of all the Westerns that I like, I could probably come up with about 10 titles. 
Um, just in general, it's a genre that I tend to not be attracted to. And I feel like with genres that, I mean, surely you can relate, right? Either because you maybe you're like me, maybe you're not a big Western fan. But what I meant by, by that statement was there must be a genre that you don't usually like. However, don't you notice that even though there are certain genres that you don't like, that sometimes every once in a while one gets made within that genre that you do like because it's somehow unique within that genre? Well, the harder they fall is, and if I, if I were to try and sell it to someone who is like me, someone who doesn't typically like Westerns, um, it's a very stylish Western. And, and, and the two Westerns that come to mind when I say stylish Westerns is, one would be Django Unchained. I, I love Quentin Tarantino, and I, I think Django is, is great. And if you like Django, you might like this film. Also, The Quick and the Dead, you know, Sam Raimi's uh, very stylistic uh, Western from the 90s. Uh, if you haven't seen that, I, I recommend that, too, because that is that's a fun movie with a really cool cast. Um, <laughs> so also something that's unique about this film versus most Westerns is and I have to bring this up. Um, this is a predominantly black cast, and that's not something that we usually associate with Westerns. Uh, Westerns are usually movies that are predominantly white uh, actors. And um, it definitely changes the feel of, of this kind of movie versus most Westerns that you see, and, and in a good way, in a, in a great way. Um, now I'm not going to go into the plot, but uh, basically it's about it's pretty much about two rival gangs. You know, that's that's all you need to know. I mean, once again, watch the trailer. <laughs> it's going to either appeal to you or it won't. It definitely has my seal of approval. It is directed by a first-time director. I think I'm going to say his name wrong. <laughs> uh, it's his first name is spelled J-E-Y-M-E-S. I don't know how to pronounce that. Jimis? Jimis Samuel? Uh, he doesn't usually go by his, his birth name. He's a musician. He's a singer known as The Bullets. And I have never heard of The Bullets. Uh, I found this up by doing a little researchy research on the internetty nutty nets. And I found out that it was directed by this man who usually goes by the name The Bullets, and that's no surprise that I don't know who The Bullets is. I don't claim to be hip to contemporary music. In real life, The Bullets is the brother of Seal. Remember Seal? Seal? Kiss from a Rose? Seal? That guy. <laughs> I watched this movie, The Harder They Fall, in a double feature with the harder they come. Do you know the harder they come? Harder they come is another crime film. Well, I mean, <laughs> harder they fall is western, but yeah, you know, there's there's crime in, in, in westerns. But the harder they they come is a crime film that takes place in Jamaica. It was made in the 70s, and it stars Jimmy Cliff, and it has an amazing soundtrack, especially if you like roots reggae. Um, 
which I do. I don't like love reggae. I like like all of it, but I do like 70s roots reggae, you know, like uh, Peter Tosh and Bob Marley and, you know, Burning Spear and stuff like that. I think that stuff's terrific. And I, of course, because the titles are so similar, I thought it would be fun. But still, I felt like the two films complemented each other. It was a good night. The harder they come and the harder they fall. I tweeted on Twitter, <laughs> my uh, double feature, and I got quote tweeted by the man himself, the bullets who said of my double feature. And I quote him, the wickedest double bill. <laughs> and I felt flattered. So that's cool, right? You know, it's one of the things that I, I feel a little sad about movies that are, um, Netflix films. I mean, I guess you could say this about other streaming platforms, but as of right now, uh, we're talking about the Netflix movies. Uh, I feel sad that most of them will never be released on Blu-ray. Uh, I would buy Red Notice. I would buy The Harder They Fall. I wish that Netflix had this thing where, you know, for you know a certain window of time, and, and granted, make it big. Make it a big window of time. Uh, the movie is exclusively only on Netflix if you want to see it. But eventually, I think they could make even more money if they release it on Blu-ray and DVD because collectors would like to own copies of it. And they did that for Stranger Things. At least they did that for seasons one and two of Stranger Things, which uh, I'm a proud owner of those collections. And I'd love them for them to not only continue to release Stranger Things, but also um, a lot of their movies that I think are really good. So I'm sure there's a bunch of, of, of you that would agree, right? A lot of Blu-ray collectors out there. So yeah. <laughs> you know what? On November 5th, I watched Back to the Future. On November 6th, I watched Back to the Future Part 2. And on November 7th, I watched Back to the Future Part 3. I've seen these movies a million times. Every time I watch them, I am I fall in love with them all over again because it's such a perfect trilogy. But my point is, <laughs> I'll get to my point. My point will be that, you know, movie holidays that we talked about a million times in this podcast? Well, October 21st is officially Back to the Future Day. And I hate that because, well, here's the, here's the significance, if you don't already know. October 21st is the day that Marty McFly arrives in the year 2015. Now, that doesn't happen in Back to the Future. That happens in Back to the Future Part 2. So shouldn't October 21st be Back to the Future Part 2 day? Because you want to know what day Marty McFly um, arrives in the 50s? November 5th, which is the same day that um, Doc invents the uh, idea. He comes up with the idea for the flux capacitor, which makes time travel possible. So to me, that's the day that fans of the Back to the Future trilogy should celebrate as Back to the Future Day. You know, that's just my opinion. I, I, I can't be considered crazy for that opinion, right? <laughs> that seems like such a more significant day, especially considering the fact that it's called Back to the Future Day, which to me is the title of the first movie, which is important because that's the first movie that starts the journey. 
so that's that's the hill I'm gonna die on. And uh yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Uh <laughs> something I briefly want to mention is that I watched Johnny Mnemonic. That's a film from 1995 starring Keanu Reeves that takes place in the future. What year in the future does Johnny Mnemonic take place? You may ask, or maybe you already know. Why? The year 2021. <laughs> That's what year. I love this. I love this phenomenon of movies that take place in, I guess, what we would consider the near future. Because uh, we've reached this point in time where we have reached the years that uh, these movies take place in. Movies like Blade Runner, movies like Barbed Wire. Um, what was another one? Free Jack. <laughs> you know, Escape from New York. And like, you know, all of these years that at the time that these movies came out was considered the future. That, you know, we have already lived through them. And with Johnny Mnemonic, we're just a month away from completing 2021. So it's always a kick. Oh, and Back to the Future Part 2, right? 2015. So bam! There you go. I just think it's cool. I think it's fun to um, see how they pictured the future. I mean, I'm surely they didn't really believe that that's what uh, the future was going to be like. But whatever. You know, it's just... <laughs> it's still fun. Uh, I, 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 I liked Giant Mnemonic more. The, the recent time that I screened it this uh, last month than I did the first time I saw it. I've only seen it twice in my entire life. Once last month and once in 1995. Um, you know what? I'm going to say this. I'm going to, and, and, and I'll never say it again. I hope I don't rifle, ruffle too many feathers here, but um, I know everybody loves Keanu Reeves and I think Keanu Reeves is a cool guy. Um, but, you know, in the 90s, can we admit, and you don't have to if you don't want to, and you don't have to agree with me if you don't want to, that's fine. Can we admit that in the 90s, Keanu Reeves wasn't a very good actor? He was handsome. He was, he had that it factor. He had that look of a movie star. That's, that's a, more than enough to get cast in a bunch of movies. So he had that look of a leading man. But his delivery, a lot of his dialogue was awful. <laughs> And I find that the only times back then, like in the late 80s and in the, in the 90s, the only time he, I felt, gave good performances was when his characters were supposed to be dumb because the way he spoke kind of sounded dumb. So like when he played, you know, like in Bill and Ted's, he, Excellent Adventure and Bogus Journey, like that works for him. Like when he's in River's Edge, that works for him because his character is supposed to be a stoner. You know, his way of talking, it matched. But in most movies, he just sounded kind of weird to me. I never thought he was a good actor. Um, but I think he's improved. I think he's better now. And, you know, how could he not improve? He's been making movies for so long. He just naturally got better. I hope I didn't offend anybody. It wasn't my intention. It's my podcast. I can say what I want. Okay, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say about Johnny Monica. I'm not going to talk about the plot or anything. Um, check it out if you must. I watched a double feature of The Dark Half and The Dark Tower. These two movies have two things in common. One is the word dark in the title. 
What a dark double feature. And two, they are two movies that are based on Stephen King novels. I've actually read The Dark Half. I've never read The Dark Tower. Um, but yeah, actually, I want to talk about The Dark Tower because I'd seen The Dark Half before. Uh, that's the older movie. I don't remember specifically what year it's from. I think it's from the early 90s. The Dark Tower, I think, came out a couple years back. So for me, yeah, it was a first time watch, but you know, I'm not good at seeing uh, a lot of movies the year that they come out with the exception of movies that I don't really have an excuse to not see because they're released on streaming platforms like Black Widow, Doom, Red Notice, Jungle Cruise, Shang-Chi, Legend of Ten Rings, and The Heart of They Fall. <laughs> you know, but if I have to go to the movie theater, I'm often missing the boat and often seeing them later. And especially now, um, in this kind of, you know, world that we live in with a pandemic, I, I'm, I'm, I'm vaccinated, but I'm still scared. You know, I'm still nervous. I don't really, really want to go to the movie theaters. Like I'm looking forward to the next Spider-Man film, but to be honest with you, I'm not going to see it until it comes out on Blu-ray and or streaming. So, um, the Dark Tower actually came out pre-pandemic, but my original point is I'm not always good at seeing movies when they first come out. I just saw it for the first time, and I know it was a movie that wasn't well-received, but I liked it. I wouldn't bring it up unless I liked it. I'm not going to sit here and, like, trash a movie on my own podcast. That's not my style. You know me. Uh, the Dark Tower here's very, 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 if you don't know, this is a very quick like one or two sentence you know description of the of the plot is the dark tower itself is a mythical structure which supports all realities does that sound kind of weird to you that's fine <laughs> it's kind of weird and the man in black ooh, is it johnny cash no it's not johnny cash it's matthew mcconaughey the man in black is played by matthew mcconaughey he's the bad guy and he wants to destroy it he wants things to go to heck in a handbasket. The gunslinger is played by Idris Elba, and he wants to protect the Dark Tower. Hey, Idris Elba is also in The Heart of They Fall. Just thought I'd bring that up. The Dark Tower was originally a series of eight books by Stephen King, described by Stephen King himself on his website as his magnum opus. I've never read that series. I've read a bunch of Stephen King books in my life, but the Dark Tower books, which I heard are excellent, is not one of them. And I'm not certain if I'll ever read them. I'm, I'm more of a movie guy, as you know, than a book guy. <laughs> Especially now. When I was younger, I used to read more, but, uh, I don't know. I just tend to be, I'm, I'm, I'm in love with television, not just TV shows. What I meant, what I mean is just this physical object that exists that I can watch movies on. I love my television. Okay. I love it. Cause I can watch the movies on it. So there you go. Um, and the dark tower is like an hour and a half, which seems like way too little time to tell a story that's, um, eight books long and I've not read these eight books, so I can't compare it. Um, I could see how you'd be disappointed if you're like, really, you're just going to give us one hour and a half movie. I heard they're going to do a TV series also. And I also heard the movie's going to get a sequel, but that can't be confirmed until they actually happen. Right? So as of right now, we just have this one movie and I can just bait judge the movie for just being a movie. And I like the movie. So 
So there, I, I mean, I think it's cool. I think it's got some good action. I think it's got some neat uh, special effects. I think Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey are great actors, and I love seeing them on screen. They have a great presence. And yeah, <laughs> I liked it. I'd even watch it again. So there. You know what? I got time to talk, tell you about one more movie. I mean, I'll lightly touch upon something else afterwards, but uh, I watched a movie on Netflix called What Happened to Monday? And I thought this was a really cool movie. Let me tell you about this movie, okay? In the future, the Earth is overpopulated. So it becomes a law that people are only allowed to have one child. If you have more children, they are to be put into uh, cryosleep to be woken up when the world is less populated. Now, this movie is about septuplets. Do you know what that is? That is seven siblings, you know, like twins, but seven of them. And they're all female and they're all identical. Now, although we see the septuplets as children in flashbacks, raised by their grandfather, played by Willem Dafoe, an actor I really like, most of the film takes place when they are full grown. And as full grown women, the septuplets are played by an actress named Numi Rapis. Did I make say that correctly? I'm sorry if I butchered it. All seven sisters in this film live together illegally, pretending to be the same person. They call themselves Karen, a name they took from their mother, uh, who died giving birth to them. But at home, they go by their own names. Each sibling is named after a day of the week. Depending on what day they're named after dictates what day they're allowed to go outside. So one woman's named Monday, one's named Tuesday, and so forth. One day... Monday, and of course it happens on Monday because that's the day she's allowed to go outside, doesn't come home, and the mystery begins, what happened to Monday? This movie kind of starts off as a drama, but as it unfolds, it actually kind of uh, evolves into a pretty cool action film. It's on Netflix, like I said. I think it's really great. I think you should check it out. If that sounds appealing to you, uh, I think it delivers. Finally, I just want to mention, of course, November gives us Thanksgiving. And I did watch the most popular Thanksgiving film of all time, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. And I watched it in a double feature with Paul Blart, Mall Cop, which is being called uh, a newer Thanksgiving classic. As you know, I did a podcast episode on Paul Blart. But actually, most of that, although we do see Thanksgiving, the holiday, celebrated in the film Paul Blart, Mall Cop, uh, most of that film takes place on Black Friday, so I guess that's kind of a Black Friday movie. And then the next day, for the very first time in my life, I saw Paul Blart, Mall Cop 2. Not as good as part one. Uh, I think for like the first quarter of the film, it's even kind of a struggle for me to get this. Like, ah, oh, this is really not as good as part one. But I feel like once you get into that middle point on for the rest of the movie, um, it picks up and I think it starts to get funnier. And especially when Paul Blart has to, you know, uh, rise to the occasion, become a hero again, I think the movie gets a lot better. Well, there you go. Those are some of my movie highlights from November 2021. Hey, this is my last episode of the year. I want you guys to enjoy the holidays, and I don't want you to worry. Not that you would worry, <laughs> but I don't want you to. It's more of a figure speech. I just don't want you to worry about, gee, I wonder if Isaac's putting on a new episode. No, I know you're busy. I know you've got stuff to do. Uh, so, enjoy yourself. Do those things. Don't worry about me putting out new episodes. It's not like, oh, he's so lazy. He doesn't do episodes anymore. Well, maybe you're kind of right there. But 
I just think that December is a very busy time for a lot of people. Um, I also think December is sometimes a sad time for a lot of people. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. I, I, my heart goes out to you if 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 the holidays are um, challenge. Please reach out to someone that you trust, that you love, and get through it together. And if I don't know what to say, otherwise, I I don't mean to think let things get dark. I'm just saying that one way or another. I hope you have it in you to enjoy yourself because that's always what I'm hoping for, regardless if it's a holiday or not. I'm always wishing the best for you. Uh, hey, uh, see you in January for my first episode of the new year, which will be my favorite first time watches of 2021. And I'll see you every day on Twitter, which I do have a daily presence on. Uh, if you don't follow me there, uh, it's, it's called Isaac's Haunted Beard at Isaac's Haunted Bee. Until then, thank you for spending time with your old haunted pal. You know I love talking movies with you. Please take care of yourself and each other. I really appreciate the time we spent together. I love you so much. Aloha.